Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, hallelujah, hallelujah. Psalm 34 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. So welcome today to a word from God radio broadcast on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess, evangelist, Rebecca Collier Hagler. And I want you to know today, thanks to God, that God has a designed word, especially for you. As it says in Psalms 119 and 11, it says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. There are so many people today that still have a lot of sin in their life because they don't have the word of God in their hearts to turn them away from the things of the wicked. And with God's word in our hearts on today, our lives will forever be changed if we would just turn our hearts and turn our lives towards God and towards his word. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path, meaning the word will illuminate our steps as we walk towards our purpose in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah, glory, glory, glory be to God. Well, it brings me great joy to come before you today right here on blogtalkradio.com 
and to share a word from God with you on today. And I want to say thank you to all who have been following the broadcast. I want to thank you for all of your encouraging words, and I want to thank you for your support. Hallelujah. It is such a blessing that every time I come and do this show, it is such a blessing to know that you are receiving something from the Word of God and that you're receiving something that will help to change your life and maybe something that you've already heard or maybe something that you never, ever have been taught. But it's just awesome just knowing that the Word of God is going forth. Hallelujah. And that his people are being blessed. And those who do not know God, that they can hear a word that will just enlighten their spirit, that will just feed them and cause them to want to turn their lives to Christ. Hallelujah. There's so much that is going on in the world today, all types of things. We've had so much that's happened over the last month or two. And and as I said at the beginning of the broadcast, at the beginning of when I started this eschatology teaching, the study of the end time, that things are winding up. Things are are taking place that has never taken place before. And the amazing part about it is that we're seeing it with our very own eyes, that, that the very prophecies that is in Revelations and Daniel and Jeremiah, uh, the word that is in Thessalonians, the word that is in Corinthians, the word that is in Matthew, we see it jumping from the pages, from the book of the Bible, the book of the Bible, and we see it standing in front of us. We see it with our very own eyes. It's not a, uh, is this going to ever happen? Is this going to ever take place? But we're actually living in the times where we are seeing some of the things take place that the word of God did would happen. Now, I've already spoken on the book of Matthew, the Olivet Discourse, or the Olivet Prophecy, and we talked a little bit in there about how Jesus began to tell the disciples what things to look for. Uh, uh, in the end times, what would what would the end times be? Uh, when was he coming back? Uh, when would the temple be destroyed? And so we discussed that in our first lesson, and then we went on to the rapture, which took us about three days to finish. But we talked about the rapture of Christ coming back to His church, and how the how the church, how the bride of Christ. It's to be prepared for when he comes because we do not know the day, nor the hour, nor the moment, nor the minute, the time, the date, the year, the month. We don't know when he's coming back. But the scripture does say there is an imminent return, meaning a soon return that we see in Revelation chapter 22. He says, behold, I come quickly. We are to be looking for that glorious appearing, hallelujah, not his coming, not the second coming, but we're to be looking for that blessed hope, that glorious appearing of Christ in the air. 
And then it said in Acts, it talks about the same way that you see Jesus lead. It's the same way you're going to see him, excuse me, come again. And that's not to the world, but that is to the church. And then we went over into um, uh, into the Old Testament, and we saw how Enoch was a man of God, and he walked with God, and he, he walked with God so much that he was walking and talking with God, praying and uplifting the name of Jesus and, and just worshiping God. And the next thing he knew, the Bible says he disappeared. And the next thing he knew, he was standing before the throne of God himself. And then Elisha, God sent a, a fiery chariot, and he sent uh, uh, the fiery horses, and he got into the chariot, and God took him up into heaven. Neither one of these men ever physically saw death. And so there is uh, some talk about uh, them two or either one of them and Moses being one of the two witnesses in the book of Revelation, of which we are going to be studying about a little later on in the up, uh, the next few coming days. So uh, we learned about Lot and his family, how before the, the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, how God saved them first, saved his family, how before God decided to destroy the earth, Uh, With a flood, God saved Noah and his family. That is the same thing that God is going to do for the church. He's going to save us before the destruction, before the tribulation, and then into the great tribulation. The The church has not been ordained to go through the wrath of God. We, ha- we do go through certain situations while we're here, but that's for preparation. Hallelujah. So we're kind of caught up now. We uh, talked about yesterday the difference between the rapture and the second coming. Hallelujah. And uh, we left off here yesterday And before we go there, we're going to go ahead and open up in prayer, and then we will get into this word. Father, we do thank you, and we do praise you. We glorify you, Lord God, for this word on end-time prophecy, Father God, for the study of the end times, so that we are not caught unaware, Father God, so that when we stand before you or even those who and before you in the great white throne judgment, they cannot say what they ever told me. Learn never God speak at this time on this particular teaching. And so, Father, I'm following your words, I'm following your steps, and I'm leading your people into hearing and understanding and to give them clarity on what they need to take of that far as looking at the prophecy for the end time. Oh, Lord, God, the revelation that shows, Father, that how you're unveiling. Apocalypse, or the apocalypse means to unveil, to, to, to take the wool off someone's eyes 
the Antichrist and the false prophet will bring. But also God in the end is going to pour out his wrath because God, his mercy will be no more because he has finally said that's it. And he has given mankind uh, choices. Uh, he's given mankind plenty of time to accept his uh, son, Jesus Christ, as their personal savior. And they laugh and they scoff and they call him names and they say all kind of evil against him. They turn their back on God. Even during the very worst times of the tribulation, they will turn their back on God. And so in the end, that will be it. And then after that, they will be uh, sent to hell. Then they will go before the great white throne judgment. And then they will go through their time of, of um, well, in the lake of fire. Hallelujah. And then uh, it talks about uh, in Romans chapter 11, verses 17 through 31, it talks about how because uh, the Jews at that time when, when Christ first came, that they refused. They didn't want to believe that Jesus was the, the Messiah. So they rejected him. But the Gentiles, the Gentiles were the one which are who we all are because we are not uh, Jews. So we were the Gentiles. And we wanted what we heard. We we saw what Jesus did. We were amazed. We we wanted to to see and know more about him. We we gave our lives to God. We gave our lives to Christ. We turned our lives over. We we wanted to do things differently. We wanted to live differently. And Jesus engrafted us in to uh, what he had promised to the nation of Israel. Every blessing that God spoke to uh, Abraham about, not only was that blessing for the Jewish nation, but it's also for the rest of us who are now in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. What What a blessing that God would include us in on the greatest blessing ever. And so it is during this time, once the church is removed, that God's focus will be upon Israel and everything that God will do. And not only will God be focusing on Israel, but also the Antichrist will be focusing on Israel as well during this time period. So right now we are all caught up up until yesterday, and uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, start our lesson, start our lesson for today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let me get my notes and things here together. Okay. Hallelujah. Glory. Now, the rapture and the second coming are similar, but they are separate events. Both involve Jesus' returning. Both are end-time events. However, it is crucially important for us to recognize the, the difference in both, of these, in, in, uh, in both of these events. In summary, the rapture is the return of Christ in the clouds to remove all believers from the earth before the time of God's wrath. The second coming is the return of Christ to the earth to bring the tribulation to an end and to defeat the Antichrist 
and his evil world empire. Uh, all of this here, when we get into this in the book of Revelation, this is going to be an awesome, awesome um, study on that. Uh, there is much more confusion about these two uh, these two events. As I said earlier, they are simple, but uh, similar. I'm sorry, not simple, but they're similar, but they are not the same. Uh, now, while um, while speaking of the end time age, um, with uh, Matthew chapter 24, it speaks of the end time age. I believe that this chapter references both the rapture and the second coming. In Matthew 24, you're going to see a little bit of the rapture in there, and uh, you're going to see a little bit more about the end times and about the um, the second coming of Jesus Christ. However, it is important for us to note the purpose of Christ's teaching is for believers, for us to be watchful and to live each day as though Christ's return is imminent. The message is simply saying to us to be ready. We are to be ready. We are not to be getting ready, but to be ready. But if you're not ready, then you need to get ready. We get ready by getting into the word of God. We get ready, first of all, by uh, having Jesus in our lives as our personal Lord and Savior, giving him uh, the throne of our lives, giving him carte blanche over our whole life, following his instructions, being obedient, uh, submitting to him, following the path that he's taking us down. What is our purpose in life for being here? Uh, Walking in our destiny living for Christ, leading others to Christ, sharing the gospel. You don't have to be a preacher to share the gospel. You can just share your testimony and tell somebody else what God did for you. Yes, there is a fivefold ministry, but some of you may be in that fivefold ministry. But if you're not, you can still share the love of Christ because the Holy Spirit of Christ lives deep down on the inside of you. Now, the contrast between the rapture and the second coming is the rapture, Christ comes for his own. And I'm going to give you some scriptures so that a little later on you can go into the word of God and read these scriptures on your own. So in the rapture, Christ comes for his own. You'll find that in John 14 and 3. You will find that in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8. And you will find that in 2 Thessalonians 2 and 1. And if I'm going too fast, you can always go back into my into the archives uh, on my page here, and you can re-listen to the lesson. Um, the second coming, Christ comes with his own. First Thessalonians uh, three thirteen, Jude chapter one fourteen, Revelations chapter nineteen fourteen. Jesus is coming for his own in the rapture, but in the uh, second coming, Jesus comes, the church, his bride, 
comes back with him. Uh, in the rapture, Jesus appears in the air. Thessalonians 4, 17. In the second coming, Jesus comes to the earth. Zechariah 14, 4 and Acts 1, 11. So during his coming, Jesus' feet will touch the earth. And we read on yesterday um, how he's going to come out of the, how he's going to be coming from heaven, riding on a beautiful white horse. And his army, uh, his angels, and not only his angels, but God, uh, Jesus' bride will be coming with him, which is the church. We will be clothed in white, white, beautiful white linen. And it says that um, after we have been judged, uh, after we have gone through the judgment seat of Christ afterwards, we will receive our reward. And then Jesus Christ will uh, present us unto himself as his bride, and we will stand before him without spot or wrinkle or blemish. Because when we're going to be going into this tomorrow, um, but I want to just share this a little bit. When we stand at the uh, judgment seat of Christ or the beam of judgment, all of our works are going to be thrown into the fire. Those that come out as precious stones, gold, silver, and precious gems, uh, we will receive a reward for those things. Those things that are burnt up, we will receive no reward, but the scripture says that we ourselves will be saved. And after that, after we go through all of that, and then we'll be totally cleansed because all of our dead works will be burned up, and we will be totally clean, and we will be, and we will stand before God. We will stand before Christ as a pure bride, as an untouched bride. As as one that is in, in as one who is innocent, and we will stand before Him without spot, blemish, or wrinkle, and we will forever be the bride of Christ. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Next, the rapture. Uh, uh, in the rapture, of course, Christ claims His bride. First Thessalonians four sixteen seventeen, second coming, as I was just saying, Christ comes with his bride. Revelations chapter nineteen. Um in the rapture there will be a removal of the believers. And, and we talked a little bit about that yesterday. And in the um in the second coming it will be a manifestation of Christ, meaning we will learn, everybody will learn and know who Jesus truly is because the whole world will see him. Even uh, uh, the, the ancestors or, or the descendants of those who were personally there when, they, uh, when Jesus was pierced in the sky, when they were hollering, crucify him, their descendants will see Jesus, the true Messiah, come back and take reign over the earth. Um, in the rapture, only his own, only the church will see him. In the second coming, uh, every eye shall 
see him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, in the uh, tribulation, I'm sorry, in the rapture is when the tribulation will begin. Now, I want to kind of share this, and we will be getting into this a little later on. But everybody has named every leader that we've had in the world that was kind of a villain or somebody they didn't like, you know, and many have been uh, looked at as possibly the Antichrist. We, the church, are not going to be here. So we're not going to know who the Antichrist is. He's not going to come to be until after the church leaves the earth. Then, uh, when you hear people say, well, uh, Trump is the Antichrist, no, he's not. He may have a spirit of the Antichrist, but he's not the Antichrist. Some said Obama was the Antichrist, no. Some said, and I'm dating myself, going back into the 60s, um, uh, they said that Spiro T. Agnew was the Antichrist. He was Nixon, I believe, President Nixon, vice president. Uh, different ones, they said Hitler. I, I don't go back that far, though. But they said that Hitler and, uh, was the Antichrist. And, and different ones, but the true Antichrist, the one that's going to come and bring about destruction, uh, we, we, the church, will not know who that is until we come back with God, with Jesus, in uh, the second coming. So when in the rapture, the tribulation will begin. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Uh, the second coming will be the millennial reign, the, the millennial kingdom, the millennial reign or the thousand-year reign of Christ will begin. That is when we talked yesterday a little bit about how Jesus will separate sheep from the goat. And the sheep will, I'm sorry, the goat will uh, be on his left and the sheep on his right, and the goat will be sent into hell awaiting uh, their judgment. But the sheep will stay on the earth with Christ because they endured, uh, they, they, they stood with him even during the tribulation period. And they and the, the bride of Christ and, of course, Jesus and whatever or whoever else that he's bringing with him from heaven will all rule and uh, Jesus will rule and reign here. The church will um, be a part of, of helping Christ to uh, rest and, and rule here, but Jesus will be the overall leader. Uh, everything Jesus says will go. It will be the most blessed time. It will be a time of peace. It will be a time of freedom because during the 1,000 millennial reign, Satan will be cast into a bottomless pit, and he will be there for a thousand years, and then he will be let out for a season. We don't know what that what a season is at that time, but then once he's let out and once God says, that's it, you know, you, you don't have any more play, uh, then he too will be thrown in the lake 
that burneth with fire and brimstone. So the rapture brings about the beginning of the uh, tribulation period, and the second coming will bring about the millennial reign. Um, in the rapture, the saved ones are, those of us who are saved, of course, will be delivered from the wrath of God. The unsaved will experience the wrath of God uh, during, right before the second coming. Um, the rapture, the focus is on Jesus and the church. The second coming, the focus will be on Israel and the kingdom of God or the millennial reign. During the rapture, right now, before the rapture, right now, the world is deceived. We are living up under the world system, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. All we do is we care about the things of the world, uh, the things of the flesh, our own self-gratification, what makes me happy, uh, becoming lovers of ourselves more than lovers of God. You know, well, we're going to do it this way, and we're going to do it that way. One of one of the things that I hear most people say, and I've even heard Christians say, is they say, come as you are. Now, I've never read a scripture that says, come as you are. And they use that as to say about dress. But the come as you are is to come as you are in the spirit, whether you're broken, whether you're, in, whether you're hurt, you're in pain, whether you're happy, whether you're joyful, however you are, come to the house of God. Now, if you don't have what some people would say, church clothes, it doesn't matter. Then you come. But that is not what it saying about clothes. It's talking about your, 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 the condition of your spirit. Come as you are in the condition of your spirit. Don't stay home because you had a death in the family. Don't stay home because you're feeling a lot of pain. Don't stay home because you even committed a sin that you can't seem to forgive yourself for, but God can forgive you. Don't stay home. Come as you are. Come in your brokenness. Come, come, come in your anger. Whatever. Come. Be there. Let God begin to deal with your heart. Let him deal with your spirit, man. Let him deal with what it is that you're going through so you can lay that on the altar. But we do live in a world today that is deceiving so many people. Well, you don't have to go to church to be saved. No, you don't have to go to church to be saved. There's a lot of people that go to church who are not saved. So you don't have to go to church. What you have to do and what you want to do is to give your life to Christ. But you want to go to church because that's where you grow. That's where you get your nourishment. That's where you 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 can uh, uh, get with others and pray. That's where you don't have to stand alone. That's where you don't have to pray alone or study alone, but you can meet other brothers and sisters that can encourage you, 
and teach you. We're supposed to come uh, to prayer. We're supposed to come to Bible study. We're supposed to uh, want to get as much of God as we possibly can. It's not saying you can't do it at home, but you need to be surrounded uh, and be in fellowship with others. Because there's nothing like you can feel the anointing of God on your TV or you can feel the anointing of God uh, through your computer screen. But when you actually are in the service and somebody, somebody can lay hands on you and transfer the anointing of the Holy Spirit into your life, that is such a powerful thing. So we don't want to... Uh, uh, before Jesus comes, uh, like I said, we are living in a world of deception where many people are being deceived. So we don't want to be deceived. We want to um, make sure that our life is is strong and sturdy. Uh, we want to make that our, make sure that our footsteps that we're following in the footsteps. Of Christ. If you're following Christ, if you're following Christ, you cannot be deceived. You know, we can be deceived maybe for a moment in any situation. But, you know, when you have Christ in your life, you all of a sudden, if you're in the Word, the Word of God is going to uh, wake you up talking about being woke. You know, are you woke? The Word of God makes you woke. It makes you where you 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 don't want to live that kind of life anymore. So the enemy can't easily deceive you as he can if you don't have Christ in your life. Uh, in the second coming, um, people will not uh, experience uh, so much deception. Well, they won't experience any deception. Because at that time, the false prophet and the Antichrist and Satan will be gone, and Jesus will be setting up um, his kingdom. So um, in, the, in, in the rapture, believers depart the earth. But in the second coming, um, unbelievers are taken away from the earth. And I believe we talked a little bit on that yesterday as well, that believers will depart the earth um, during the rapture, but in the second coming, Christ is going to separate the unbelievers from the believers. I mean, this is such an amazing uh, time to, to, to know that all of this, you know, all that's going to take place in the future. Some of it is taking place even now. Hallelujah. Um, in the rapture, there is no mention of Jesus Christ establishing his kingdom on earth. Uh, he's not coming at that time to set up his kingdom. But in the second coming, he is coming to establish his kingdom. Um, in the uh, rapture, Christians are going to be taken to the Father's house. 
we are going to go to heaven in the rapture. Scripture says that I go to prepare a place for you in my Father's house are many mansions. Um, but the resurrected dead that that God is that Jesus is going to resurrect in the second coming, they will not uh, go to the Father's house as of yet. We uh, I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, I don't know what's really going to happen, like, after the great white throne judgment and then there's the uh, new heaven and the new earth that uh, God is going to make. I believe probably at that time everybody will be in heaven. But I, uh, this is my personal belief. Uh, somebody else may believe something else. But I do think that once everything has been recreated, that we will be able to travel back and forth as, like at the speed of light, you know, to either go go into heaven or come down here on the earth because everything will be brand new. In the rapture, um, we know that the rapture could happen at any moment, but we know the second coming will not happen until seven years after the rapture. And so that is all of the teaching between the second, between the second coming and uh, the rapture of the church. It is so important, thank you, God, for us to be ready because we do want to be in that. Uh, uh, we want to be caught up in the rapture. We don't want to be left behind for anything. We don't want um, we don't want the enemy to um, be able to continue to keep us deceived. Um, you know, while we're here on this earth, we don't want to walk in deception. So we want to get up out of here because there are. So many things. Uh, there are so many things that are going on here in this life. We we have seen so much take place in the last few years. We've seen so much. Uh, Daniel chapter nine or chapter twelve. It talks about an increase in uh, knowledge, meaning. Uh, we've we've got satellites, we've got robotics, we've got um, cell phones and and smartphones and smart TVs and uh, uh, space travel. It even talks about uh, Daniel says he sees rapid moving traveling. They didn't have rapid moving traveling back in Daniel's time. So God was showing him something in the future. And God also says, I believe, in that same chapter uh, to just close up that book because now is not the time for that to be revealed, that when the time gets closer, then these things will be revealed. And so we are now seeing rapid uh, transportation. We have driverless cars now. Uh, they're talking about even flying cars. Um, um, we, we have holograms. 
now. Um, even Israel has become a nation again in 1948. All of the 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 Israelis went back into their own country and became their own country again, and that was prophesied also in I believe the book of Daniel when Israel will return back into and become a full nation. Things are taking place, brothers and sisters in Christ. And it it really is time for us to get ready. Things are happening all around us. The beast, uh, the Antichrist, or the beast as they call him, uh, he's going to be wounded, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get into that lesson. I just want to share a little tidbit. And um, he's supposed to be wounded, and he's supposed to be wounded uh, fatally, but he's going to come back to life. Um, The Antichrist is, uh, the, the false prophet is going to build a statue in the temple, uh, in the Jewish temple of the Antichrist and be able to make it speak. Well, back in John's time, when John was writing the Revelation, um, they didn't understand um, certain things about it. They didn't know about robotics. They didn't know about holograms, uh, things of this nature. Because even me, myself, I was like, how is he going to make this statue speak other than maybe have a recording somewhere close by? But this statue is going to be able to speak and move and and, and and people are going to fall down and worship this thing. Um, it's just going to be all kinds of things that are going to take place that we now understand how this thing can be. Because, see, he wants to, Jesus was on the earth for 33 years. But his last three years is when he developed his ministry, is when he started his ministry. And so the Antichrist wants to try to be just like Jesus. And as Jesus died on the cross and he rose again, the Antichrist wants to be able to do the same thing. And this is how he's going to deceive the world into thinking that he is the Almighty, that he is the Messiah that he is God. So there's a lot of really interesting things that we're talk on the 46,000. Uh, starting tomorrow, we are going to talk about um, the beam of judgment. We are going to talk about uh, the reward, and we're going to talk about the marriage and the marriage feast. And so I pray that on tomorrow that you will tune in and uh, hear um, that exciting um, teaching as well. But I, before we go, I just want you to know that uh, Jesus loves you. I mean, he really loves you. And so many of us are going through some things right now, and we don't feel like anybody loves us. We don't think that anybody cares about us. We, we're wounded and we're hurting. Uh, we're mad and we're angry. And we're feeling all sorts 
commotion. And we don't understand, you know, why are bad things always happening to us. Now, just because you have Christ in your life doesn't mean that your life is going to be uh, perfect and you're never, ever again going to have another problem that all of your bills are going to be met. All of these things are going to take place in your life. But what it does mean is that when you go through something, you're not going through it alone, but that you're going to go through it with the grace and the mercy and the faith of God. He's going to walk you through this thing. Even though it looks like it's hard, you're going to feel like, God, where were you? Why, why weren't you walking with me? But God will tell you, I was carrying you the whole time. This world, in this world, we are going to have trouble. We're going to have tribulation. But Jesus said, be of good cheer because I have overcome. And if he can overcome and he can in me, then I there's nothing hard uh, to have to give you a situation. God wants I have Christ and he do it because he will turn his and will away from you. Man, only when you're on top is when people stay with you. Suffering, when you're going through. If you don't understand why, that's you need God. I needed him before. And I tell you, I know what I'm saying is true. I needed God so many times in my life. Whenever I turn for bad, but I'm still here. But I'm the love. Even those who turn their back, even those that laugh, even those that mock me, because now they have to look at me. I remember, and I wasn't broken, but God broke me and put me back together better than I remember. This season of God, all seeing, all caring. God, see, even when he's with you, when you're going through your situation, with me at the same time. He loves you so much. And if you don't know him today, you've never, ever asked Christ into your life, I would say, let today, what is this, September 11th, the day that our country was attacked. Let today that even though our country changed eight they have changed 
come into your heart and change you. Give him all that stuff. Take it to the altar. Leave there at the feet of Jesus. Let him pick it up and throw it away for you from you. And then let him come in to your life. Believe in God for you on the Believe on what Jesus did. And then begin to confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life. Ask him to forgive you of all of your sins. Renounce the enemy. Turn away from the things of the world. And let God take your life and lead you down a path that you don't know anything about. It is so awesome to walk in faith and let God take you to places that you've never been. But do you stay on Star Trek? Um, taking you, I can't even remember what I was going to say right now, but go uh, to places where no man has gone before. God will take you to places that you never thought you would go. Let God open up a ministry in you. Let God do something in you that will help you to help others change their lives. Hallelujah. And so let this be a day of forgiveness you. And if one life to Christ, then I'd like for you to email me at a word from God seven. At gmail.com. That's a word from God seven at gmail.com. And I would love to hear your story. I would love uh, to know what this uh, uh, message has done for you. I would love to hear um, how God has changed your life. I would love to hear what God uh, has spoken to you as far as what he wants to do for you. And if I can help you in any way, as far as just uh, helping you to follow that road, you know, email me at a word from God 7 at gmail.com. And just say, Minister Becky, Evangelist Becky, you know, I just want to give you a testimony. And please God. I will pray with you, and and if you don't have a church home, I will try to help you find a church in your area. I'll look up and try to find you a church in your area that you can go and learn and 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 grow and mature in Christ. Well, praise God! I see that it is again. I say an hour goes by so quickly. But praise God. We thank God for this time. Hallelujah. Well, it is time for us to take our leave. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, again, I would like to email at a word of God. That is email.com. Please reach out to me for any contact, information about the 
I know y'all know how to move out there. Come on, yell at the door. 